Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back for another episode of the Blue White Illustrated Recruiting Podcast. Penn State got a 2025 commitment today. Gotta be honest, I didn't see that one coming a few days ago. Sean Fitz and I will discuss Jalen Matthews and what that means for the New Lions moving forward. Also, big news surrounding Dion Barnes. He won't be leaving the staff. Of course, his two years as a graduate assistant are up. We'll hit on that. And then Penn State just wrapped up its final junior day in the January cycle. We'll hit on the top guys that visited and what Penn State fans need to be moving need to know moving forward. Hey, Sean. Hey, Ryan. Another Monday, another recruiting podcast, another junior day, another January in the books. And that means that the dead period is coming up. Signing day on Wednesday. Not really what it used to be, huh? Pretty boring. Got to be honest. I'm not complaining. I mean, you know, it's not great for the site, but we did our hard work in December, uh, of course, for that signing day. But if you if I would have said that Penn State is going to get a 2025 commitment this time last week, I don't think the odds were very high on that one, right? I, mean, I don't think we saw that one coming. Uh, but sure enough, here we are. Jalen Matthews, 6'5", 6'5 and a half-ish, 273 out of Tom's River North in New Jersey. Uh, one of only 100 players right now to hold a four-star rating by on three. Certainly a top talent. Penn State ends up locking him up on Monday after he visited this past weekend for Junior Day. This was only his second true visit to Penn State. He came for camp, of course. Uh, in the summer, back in July, and then stayed for the Lash Bash, too, which was notable and something I kind of forgot about, if I'm being honest. I researched that a little bit more today. Uh, that was when he really got to know the staff, of course. Lash Bash is a big event for that. Comes back this weekend, says, hey, I know where I want to go. It's going to be Penn State. So let's see. We got two years or so to see if that sticks. Uh, but who am I to say it won't? Uh, Jalen, of course, will, will, will show us that will, down the road. Offers from Georgia, Texas A&M. Uh, who were some other ones? Ohio State, I believe, was an offer. Uh, so final, a lot of five: Ohio State, Miami, Georgia, Rutgers, and Penn State. So that's right. You know, anytime you're a prospect that's at least a year away, that's six five and a half, two seventy five, and and he's down from two ninety. So credit to him; he's worked to get some of that baby fat off, and he's still, he, you know, he's he's a young bull. He's uh, he's going to grow up, and he's going to continue to develop physically, but. Uh, there's a lot to like there. So those offers, not surprising that those offers came. Didn't get out and see as many schools as you'd think he would do before he committed. But, you know, found out that that's the place that he wanted to be. I will say, I thought it was way too early. And then I look back and Cooper Cousins, a year ago Sunday, committed to Penn State. And he's more than solid, you know, just a very solid commit to Penn State now. So I guess it's it's not unheard of. It's not Mega Barnwell early. You know, Mega was no. a whole summer ahead of this in this cycle or in the 2023 cycle. Um, and then, of course, he he backed off on his commitment and, you know, it's, uh, you know, it came back around eventually. But um, still, Penn State thought Penn State has these conversations with the kids. You know, it's like he wants to commit. It's way too early, um, but he wants to commit and he 
talked it out with the staff and they understand, you know, both, both sides need to be on the same page of what this commitment means. I mean, Matthews was slated to go to Miami in March. I mean, the, the, he has visits or had visits on the schedule. Um, so they need to sit down and understand the, the policies that they have in place. And if they're both comfortable with that, then they move forward. And this, this is a, a decision that happened over the weekend when he committed to uh, committed to the staff there. So uh, Penn state, I think, you know, as as rare as tackles are, just in, in in terms of body type, in terms of everything, they're, they're feeling pretty good about uh, getting this guy on board early. Especially when he's from the region, right? He's from a couple hundred miles away. You you got to tread lightly there on on pushing back on a commitment. And this isn't a guy they would push back on, right? He's a top one hundred talent, uh, bona fide tackle. Uh, but especially when they're kind of local, you don't ever want to push back too much and give give a guy a reason to. You know, second guess your your commitment and your interest in that player. So it makes a lot of sense from that perspective. You know, Thomas River scored 660 points this year. I was researching that. Did not know how many uh, points that team put up this year. It's a New Jersey State record. Of course, they won uh, the NJI, NJSIAA, I believe is what it is, Group 5 State Championship. Uh, and Jalen Matthews had a big impact playing defense, too. I really liked his defense, film. Honestly, I kind of stood out to me a little bit more than the offense. Yeah, that's not so much in a he's a defensive prospect, but like you look at his stance, like he's down crap, like he's down bending very well for a guy that's almost six, six. And at that age, you don't get that a lot. Now, both sides of the ball, he stands up right away. You know, he's he's the biggest guy out there. He's throwing people around. He's it, like he should, you know, it, like you would expect the uh, the biggest guy on the field to do, um, which is great. But uh, yeah, he's he's got some athleticism. And you can see that as the highlights go on, and we don't have a full, you know, full film or anything like that, but as the highlights go on, you can see him getting more comfortable. And once he understands what the job is ahead of him, then he gets more comfortable, then he then he looks more comfortable on film. So um excited to see him grow into that. Um he's got some some things to work with, uh agility wise, so strength wise and things like that. But he's a sophomore in high school, so absolutely. Everybody at that age has something to work on there. And he's, I, I think he's not one of those guys that's when he commits or when he, you know, is being recruited, he's close to the end product. I mean, he's going to, he's going to take a few more years to develop and then we'll see what happens there. But a tackle prospect in your backyard, Jersey is a place they have not had much success. Um, last guy to sign, and this is just incredible. The last guy to sign with Penn State on New Jersey was Amin Vanover in 2020, which is crazy to think about. Um, you know, they had a Johnny Shakir last year, but uh, he ended up not signing. Uh, so for them to sort of try and reestablish themselves there, I know Jersey's been down, you know, it's, it's, they don't, they don't offer and pursue as many guys as they used to from Jersey, but it's still a good football state. So we'll see, uh, how Penn state gets to where they want to be. And, you know, they, we've seen this in Philly, you know, you commit to being better in Philly. Now, I think you're seeing that in not only New Jersey, but also the Tidewater area. We talked about Marcus Haggins, um, the ability to get back in there and get guys. So reestablishing your footprint if you're Penn State. You know, they've been going all over the place for guys in the last couple of cycles, but now it seems like they're, you know, trying to reestablish that that home base that they've made their their bread off of for so for so many years. Couple other guys in Jersey too. Toure, of course, he was just on campus this past weekend. Jalen Hornsby was just on campus this past weekend too. You got Will Love, you got Yasin Willis, you have Jalen McLean. I just think this is a we're we're going to see a resurgence in New Jersey because New Jersey was down a little bit too. That's part of the reason that Penn State hasn't you know taken too many guys from the Garden State in recent years. It, it was down the last two three years. 
And, Before and, we move on, they haven't been, go ahead. Well, sorry, they haven't they haven't been good in that parochial area. You know, that's where all the talent gets recruited to. That's where all those guys end up playing their high school ball. And, and Penn State, for whatever reason, you know, that's a that's a Notre Dame. You know, kids kids go to Notre Dame out of there. Kids go to you know even Boston College in, in a similar uh, atmosphere. And then you started to see guys starting to go south, um, like like they have from different areas that Penn State has tried to recruit um, in the region. So. Um, there, there's a lot of allure to go elsewhere and Penn state has not done a, you know, a good job of locking all that stuff down and whether that's recruiters, whether that's just the, the general mindset, you remember a couple of cycles ago, it seemed like they were primed to, to pluck Jaden Bellamy and Jaden Gould out of, I think it was Bergen, uh, Bergen Catholic. And then all of a sudden those guys end up elsewhere, Notre Dame and USC, of course, both came in, we both went in the portal this off season, I believe. Where did Gould um, end so up? Gonna, yeah. Gould just yeah, went to gonna, the portal. They're going to end up Nebraska. elsewhere. Or they, they've already, I think they've already ended up elsewhere. Um, but Penn State. Syracuse? I believe Jaden Gould's going to Syracuse. Yeah. Um, Bellamy might be as well. I, I, you know, I, they were not on Penn State's <laughs> radar the first time around. So maybe, maybe it was a good thing. Maybe, maybe Penn State dodged a bullet there um, in, in not going with those guys. But, uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of hindsight talking for you right now. So, but I will say, they, they hired Khalil Ahmad, uh, who is going to, I think, really improve relationships in New Jersey. Um, we don't talk a ton about recruiting coordinators, but they've started to become more and more household names. Alan Zemitis, Kenny Sanders, those guys that have gotten out there. Uh, Hunter Carson's been been around. Uh, so like, th- there's been continuity there, but also popularity in those people. And I think that Khalil Ahmad is a guy that you could see being that guy in New Jersey, uh, he's in with Jalen Matthews. Uh, Omari Gaines, the 2025 uh, defensive back, was up this weekend. Des Jones, DJ McLaren. There's a lot of I think there's a lot of underclassmen talent in New Jersey, and it's a good time to try and reestablish yourself there and try and figure out what's what's going on over there because you had or you have Phil Troutwine in North Jersey. You had Taylor Stubblefield in Central Jersey. I know people are offended that I use Central Jersey, and then Terry Smith in South Jersey. And just there's there's not been a lot in terms of uh, of response from prospects there. Get them on campus, but they had five five offered kids on campus from Jersey this weekend, so that's a, that's a good start and a good step in that direction, and a really good first impression. I'll be honest for Khalil Ahmad uh, to bring in uh, to, to I don't want to say bring in Jalen Matthews, but maybe that's something that gets them across the line. Maybe that relationship they have. I, I think back to EJ Barthol when he was here. You know that that was a guy that had these strong, strong connections to New Jersey. And while that doesn't really mean that a kid is going to come here or, or commit to Penn state that also, I mean, that usually means that they're going to visit at least a bunch, you know, that, that, and I think that's the connection that you have um, you know, with Khalil Ahmad coming on board from Syracuse. Um, I don't think we talked about that um, in the last episode because I don't think he was on no. board in the last episode. So moving in that general direction, these hires that, um, really go under the radar sometimes unless you're on sites like ours where people follow this stuff with a microscope um some of these moves are big deals well that's a perfect segue to our next topic but first i have to ask you guys to like for t frank please like it please uh you know subscribe to bwi 29.99 this is for you t frank uh i'm hoping i'm hoping you get some clicks out of this 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, but hey, Dion Barnes, we got to talk about that then. Uh, of course, not going to be leaving the program two years as a graduate assistant or up. Penn State finds an analyst role. Uh, Sean, you know more about kind of the analyst role and, and what they expect there from me. I, I, obviously, he will be able to recruit, though. He's been an important recruiter for Penn State in Philadelphia for a long time. And just keeping him here for another year is massive. I, I, I think the goal is to make him... Uh, some sort of a position coach at some point, but John Scott's been crushing it. So that's that's going to be an interesting thing to watch moving forward. But to me, uh, Deion Barnes is somebody that Penn State needs to have here long term. And finding this analyst role for him for at least the time being is uh, maybe the next step of doing that. So you get two years as a graduate assistant. COVID added a year for the graduate assistant. So he's been here that's three right. years as a graduate assistant. After that time is up, you usually move on to a lower level position coach job somewhere. Uh, you know, Ryan Smith went to Elon. You know, it just guys guys have moved on to different positions and they have to work their way back up through the through the uh, the network, and that's great. And and Dion had interest from other schools, but Penn State put a premium on what he brings to the table, not only as a coach, but also as a recruiter. He's been big in Philadelphia. Penn State's made an emphasis to get back in there, as we as we just mentioned. So such an important piece. And it seemed like there was really no realistic way to get him back. But now he's coming on as an analyst. And what's going to change here in um, just in college football in general is that these analysts are going to start being essentially position coaches, like, uh, like on-field coaches during practice. There's some language there there you know where you can only still have 10 on-field coaches during the the games and things like that but in practice and this is really funny because you look all across college football and these analysts have been doing this the entire time um but you know to to officially work with them in this role it's like he can roll over his graduate assistant stuff he can roll over everything that he's been doing and just put a different title on it and that'll be great um so when you see these staffs expanding when you see these analyst roles added you're starting to get more coaching than consulting, I guess you would say. That's kind of how this all, all this started was the consulting firm uh, of these analysts that are fired coaches essentially getting a, getting another shot. So um, Penn State and all these other schools have invested in the uh, positions like these analyst roles, and you're going to see that start to bleed over, and you're going to start to see like an NFL-like staff where you've got multiple guys. Dan Connor is going to be able to work with guys. Deion Barnes is going to be able to work with guys. You've got – a ton of different, uh, you know, just cooks in the kitchen and not in a bad way. Um, so you, you'll be able to run a more efficient program. You'll be able to run uh, a program where maybe if you don't connect with a position coach, you can connect with an analyst and and you feel better about the way that you're going. And, and you know, that I think that's a big deal and something that's probably been overlooked in um, the staff building realm of, uh, of college programs. So I think we're going to start seeing that. And I'll be interested to see, if you start to see guys that were in a similar position to Dion, where maybe you had a chance to go to the Mac and be a defensive line coach, or you had a chance to go to the big South and be a defensive line, you know, 
instead, maybe you're valuable enough to come on as an analyst where you're essentially just expanding that, uh, that pool of, uh, of assistant coaches. I think even the pay might even be as good or better. <laughs> I, I have not got schools. into that, but I tell you what, they yeah. wanted to keep Dion Barnes bad. They wanted to keep mm -hmm. him for multiple reasons. And I didn't think there was any way that they could work it out. But with these rule changes, it's very possible that he's uh, in a similar role to what it was before. Yeah. And to clarify, I didn't mean like for Dion specifically, but for all these guys, you know, if, if your option is to go to a one double A school or be an analyst at Penn State, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it's better financially to stay at a big school like this. Uh, the only other thing I would I was going to add uh, with Barnes is just his importance in Philadelphia. Uh, we haven't quite seen it many guys because Terry's had such a big role there. But I, I do think it's going to be something that moving forward here, maybe with some of the Emetep guys, some of the more linemen, uh, just something to keep an eye on here. We've talked about it a lot, but I just feel like in the last class or two, it's kind of gone under the radar a little bit more, um, especially with some of the other people being mentioned. Uh, other analysts, Zemitis, for example. I mean, I think I've written more about Zemitis in the last year than I've written about anybody. So just the importance of Barnes in Philadelphia uh, cannot be overlooked. Uh, and and he won't else? be able to go on the road. So like he won't be able to go on the road. There'll still be the the general traditional setup where all the, all the on-field position assistants will go on the road. But these analysts can talk to recruits and they can recruit and I know some other analysts have, have actually done, ha, have had a big hand in, I mean, you look at Anthony Specca, you mentioned Dan Connor, you know, that these guys can have a positive role, not just on the development of your football players, but also in, in your recruiting office. So I think that's pretty cool to, uh, to see things come together for Dion because I know they, like I said, they really wanted to keep him. Okay. All right, we'll wrap up here with Junior Day, the final one of the month. 29 scholarship guys was the count that I saw uh, yesterday, Sean, after you put that list together. A lot of talent here. A lot of talent from outside the region, too. You had DeAndre Carter coming in from California. You had Dylan Stevenson coming up from Florida. Uh, and even on uh, even on Sunday, then you had Terrence Moore coming up from Florida, a few other places too, from Michigan and, and elsewhere. I think you got to start though with Kenny Wosley, uh, the the cornerback out of Emetep, player that you know, we haven't put in any picks for or anything like that yet, Sean. But I feel we both feel pretty confident that Penn State seems to be the team to beat there. Uh, that was kind of coming out of Saturday, chatting with people. You know, who who were the guys we impressed with the most? Jalen Matthews was someone you were hearing, and then uh, Kenny was kind of the one that that I heard there quite a bit as well. Uh, I did catch up with Kenny uh, Saturday night, posted a story Sunday morning. Still wants to take some more visits. He mentioned Nebraska, Matt Rule, and, and what they're building out there. It's just something that's pretty important to him. Uh, we'll see with Michigan, Texas A&M. They were a couple other schools. But, man, this – this feels like a Penn State player to me. The The relationship with Terry is, is as good or better than any other school right now. I don't know if it's going to come necessarily soon, but I really wouldn't be completely surprised uh, if Kenny decided to end things maybe here in, in the coming weeks or, or maybe early spring. We'll see. Publicly, he's saying he wants to take more visits, but seems to be a lot of uh, people behind the scenes that, that feel really good about Kenny, Kenny Wosley and where Penn State stands right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, it, the only thing that, that is really keeping me from putting in a pick in is how well Penn State has recruited uh, corner and what their profile has been in terms of going after guys. Wilson's only about 5'10", 5'10 and a half maybe. Um, so he's a little bit smaller to what they've gone through uh, or what they've gone after. Um, so, but I, th I think they like him a lot. I would say out of the two, the two Philly corners, I'd, I'd say Wellesley's definitely the more likely to end up in blue and white. So, 
Um, be interesting to watch the next couple of weeks to see which direction that goes. And, and a reminder, February is dead. Like you can't go anywhere. You can't visit anywhere until March. So um, there's going to be a lot of thinking for these guys in this offseason. That's why getting 30 guys, 30 offered guys on campus right before the break is, is such a big deal. And also, too, you have spring break, too, in the beginning of March. So remember that for, for Penn State perspective, really, it's going to be mid-March when spring practice starts that we start seeing these visits going ahead. So just something for, for Penn State fans to keep in mind moving forward. Uh, Jamonte Waller is another guy I want to talk about coming up from Mississippi. Is it Picayune? Picayune, Mississippi? I don't know how to pronounce it. But, uh, hey, six. so we have him at six foot, 230-ish, a little, little, little over six foot. We'll say six foot and a half. Uh, we were T. Frank and I were talking on Friday. Is he an edge? Is he a linebacker? Penn State certainly likes him at linebacker, uh, but Penn State also made a really good impression on this weekend. You have Anthony Speck already committed. You have Chris Jones out there, a few other important linebacker prospects. Uh, Kari Jackson was on campus this past weekend, too, somebody to keep an eye on. But I-, I do think they made a strong impression on Waller. Will he get back in late spring? Will he come for an official visit at some point? That's what we need to see. Uh, he did mention Alabama's a school that's coming on strong. Haven't offered yet, but there's more and more contact there. We'll see if that happens. Old Miss, Mississippi State, those feel like the main two schools that that uh, will be in the mix here. Uh, he did make it to the wrestling match, saw snow for the first time. Those were the two things he uh, was really excited about coming into this trip. But I think he left it with a really good understanding for Manny Diaz. Uh, obviously, I'll be really curious to see where Penn State uh, does here moving forward because in my eyes, do you need three linebackers in this class? Eh, not so sure that you do after taking three in the in the previous one, getting a, a late addition from KV on Keys. Uh, we know Specca. I, I don't see Specca ever really flirting with other schools at this point. And then you have Chris Jones out there too, who I think makes a lot of sense to end up at, potentially end up at Penn State. Uh, Sean, do you do you agree with that? Two linebackers, three linebackers. I mean, is it kind of one of those positions where you get athletes, you got to add them? It's Penn State, man. You want six linebackers in every class, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it's. Two is the number, but Penn State, the way that they play linebacker, you know, with that field backer position gives you some flexibility to add a bigger guy or or just, you know, one of your key targets early. I mean, Kevion Keys um, was a guy that, you know, you didn't need, but you felt pretty good about taking him because or to, to add to Rojas and to add to Jameer Robinson. So, um, you know, I think that those guys are are definitely sort of the mold of what you're looking for in terms of numbers. So I would go with two, but two, three wouldn't surprise because it's you can always use a guy that can run in space and things like that. And I tell you what, Waller's film, it, that's fun, man. He, he's a maniac. He gets around and, yeah. uh, you know, he, he puts some people on the ground. So that was uh, that was cool to watch. And, and you know, a bit of a tweener as well. Um, we have him as an edge, but we also have him at 6'2", and he's not 6'2". So... Um, to see where he fits or, and how he continues to grow is interesting um, with uh, with with where he's going to be placed in the long term. But get him up, make a positive impression, try and get him back for a spring game, try and get him back for an, an official visit and, you know, hope that he's still on your board by the time that that comes through. Like I said, it's a long time to think during the dead period. But if you go to visit, um, you know, a school that's way out of your region, it's also a long time for that to sort of wear off. So we'll see. We'll see where he is in March in terms of visiting schools and things like that. Uh, Jalen Harvey was back this weekend, the defensive end from uh, Quince Orchard uh, in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Um, you and I have picks in for him, and and we continue to say he's, he doesn't want to decide anytime soon. He wants to take his official visits and things like that. Uh, but we continue to also hear that Penn State is in a strong position, holds a strong position, and established themselves once again this weekend in a strong position. 
Yeah, I think they're the favorite. I think they've been the favorite for a while. I'll, I'll go right into that. I mean, Cincinnati just hosted him this past weekend. Let's see where he goes. He he's, seems really set on those official visits. But if you're Penn State, you've hosted him as many times as you have. It's just hard for me to see them letting him get to that point in June. I know maybe he'll maybe he'll take the the April May official visits that are kind of dying off a little bit. We still see him occasionally, not really with Penn State, but even other schools are trying to shift more towards June. But uh, I don't know. I just think if you're Penn State, it's it's hard for me to see them going through. Just a little nudge in that direction, and I yeah. think that that you know, and, and he's a he's a really good player, but he's also you know he's got a little bit of a tweener to him. He's six two. Uh, 235, I think he is now. So, um, not that he would be a linebacker, but, uh, you know, he's got, uh, he's, he's not your typical 6'4, 6'5 defensive end. So, uh, you can, you can work with that. <laughs> Definitely very explosive off the edge. You mentioned Jalen Hornsby was in town this weekend. More receivers starting to pop up on campus. Um, of course, there's a receiver coach on campus now that helps. Um, so there was a little bit of a, uh, of a down period there, no doubt. But uh, Terrence Moore came up as well from from Tampa. Um, yeah, just looking through the the group, it was, it was a pretty good group. I mean, I don't know what we expected for the last three weeks in January, but uh, this one came together pretty well. Uh, unfortunately, Benedict Ume from uh, uh, from Canada, from Avon Old Farms, did not make it down. Um, he would have been, a, I think, a, a premier visitor, no doubt. But uh, it's a good group, good group. And uh, we'll say potentially the top quarterback or potentially the top prospect in the country. He was here at Penn state this weekend too, in Bryce Underwood, um, Penn state offered this weekend. We actually thought he already had an offer. I <laughs> swear that I swear he tweeted it. I, I looked the other day and I thought I saw it, but here we are. Um, it's late January. That's what we do. Uh, Bryce Underwood is a remarkably talented prospect in that Dante Moore realm, um, coming out to, of Detroit Belleville, um, and Penn State has gotten those Belleville, Belleville kids on campus several times. Going to be a dogfight. Everybody's after Bryce Underwood. Um, we'll see where that thing stands in the summer, and maybe you can get him back and get him to throw for the staff while he's uh, on camp. If he gets back onto campus, yeah, DeAndre Carter and Dylan Stevenson too. I just think those are two guys you need to mention. We I haven't caught up with Carter yet. I did catch up with Dylan Stevenson. Stevenson's a six four two twenty five edge from Miami. Carter, modern day, coming back to Penn State. Two visits in, what, five months uh, for modern day prospects to, to check out Penn State. I mean, just, uh, you know, you had the St. John Bosco kids coming back in the day, but it's it's rare to see those elite California schools sending guys out here. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to catch up with Carter here in the next day or two to kind of get a better feel. Do I see him coming east all the way out here to play football down the road? Probably not. No, he'll, he'll probably end up, uh, I would think USC is the favorite there, but we'll see. Stevenson seems a little more interested uh, I'd be curious, you know, we, we talked a little bit about is Michigan uh, pushing for him or not? Because I thought for a while Michigan would, would be probably one of the top schools with Stevenson outside of the Florida schools, of course, the Miamis and the Florida States. Uh, but Stevenson had had some good things to say about the staff and uh, another guy that I think official visits realistic for. But uh, we'll, we'll see how things progress at defensive end moving forward. Sean, anybody else you want to chat about? I don't know. I think you mentioned Omari Gaines was here. Uh, hey, Quincy Porter is a good prospect from Bergen Catholic. Some way to keep an eye on moving forward. A guy we haven't talked about a lot. Uh, DJ McClary and Iverson Howard, too. Good-looking running back, teammate um, with uh, Jalen Harvey, of course. So Yeah, he likes else? Penn State a lot and uh, very tight with uh, with Chop Robinson, he told me as well. Omari Gaines is interesting to me um, because just in, in engaging feedback from the weekend – 
he was kind of mentioned along with Jalen Matthews. So I don't know that a decision's coming anytime soon, but I think Penn State, you know, really, really good spot there. Not sure if he's a corner safety. He even he even left it open to outside linebacker. And I love that. I absolutely love that because some of these guys will talk about their position and they're not flexible in terms of what they want to be because corner is a you know a flashy position, a marquee position. He's like, hey, maybe I'll be an outside linebacker one day. And I'm like, oh, it's so great. Like the 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 fact that you even can process that and can process like your future, you know, all that stuff is, is fantastic. So I do think he's a defense defensive back, but uh, there's a lot to like there as well. You mentioned Quincy Porter uh, from Bergen Catholic as well. Um, DJ McClary linebacker from, from Henry Snyder Jersey. Uh, you know, if you're going to make an emphasis to get in there, it's a, it seems like a pretty good cycle to do so. So um, I think that that just wrapping up in terms of junior day uh, productive weekend for Penn state, came away with a commitment, which, you know, going into it did not seem like it was going to be the case, but uh, Penn State wrapped up their January pretty uh, in, in pretty strong fashion. Yeah. Gaines, I think he almost 6'2 now uh, for what I, from what I saw or from what I heard it. So just be curious there. He's still 175-ish, so there, there's there's room to grow from a, from a size perspective, but he's, he's getting up there in height. And then Quincy Porter, he's listed as an athlete at on three, but I think Penn State likes him primarily as a wide receiver, but Again, we'll we'll learn more about these twenty twenty five guys in the weeks and, ahead. And February will be in a month where Marquez Hagens just shuffles his board. You know, gets his board in order. We get we're getting a lot of questions right now about how high is this guy on this board. Well, the guy's been here for two weeks, so let him let him get get adjusted, get uh, get get used to being in a different role. You know, being being in the role at Penn State is very different than being in Virginia. You've got a lot more kids calling you back right now. Um if you're at Penn State than you're if you're if you're at Virginia. So once he gets settled and gets into February, then we'll have a better idea of where where things stand with that wide receiver board. And you you can say about every position though, right? I mean yeah. I feel like for me February was always kind of the month where it's like, all right, let's figure out this new class. Who's where you, you just finished up signing day in December. You have a couple guys straggling into, you know, the, the late signing day. So I think we can say that for pretty much every position, of course, wide receiver, it's kind of stands out the most with a new coach there, but uh, I'll have a much better feel. And I, I know you will too, Sean, going into March on, okay, these six guys are a take, these guys are some maybes and, you know, let's, let's see who camps here uh, moving forward. Anything else, man? Great. We got a great Super Bowl coming up. That's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. We're not going to talk about the Super Bowl because we're going to talk about Chimney Ono first. He's coming oh, off an official yes. visit to Ole Miss. And by the time you and I get back together on this uh, on this uh, podcast, uh, he will have been committed somewhere because Wednesday is signing day and he plans on committing, I believe, on, on the 1st. So um, that's one where he just visited Ole Miss. He visited Michigan State Michigan the State. weekend before. I feel like Penn State in a in a strong position right now. Rutgers has gone away. Like that I know you hear Rutgers and you just automatically just you know brush them off the shoulder, but like they have not gone away in their pursuit pursuit of Chimney Ono. Almost got him to sign in December. Um so we're gonna see where those things stand. I think the regional programs in terms of like having his mom there to watch him play and things like that. I think those are, are very big there, but you know, let's be honest, it's, it's uh, 2023. So NIL is going to be something that, that comes into play here. And uh, you know, like I said, a, a win over Penn state, you know, would be a head to head win over Penn state would be very, very big and very valuable for, for Rutgers. So I'm not, uh, not ready to put in a final pick or anything like that. We want to hear some more feedback. Like I said, he just got back from, from Ole Miss, um, so we'll see what he says about uh, about the Rebels and about his uh, his recruitment in general. Okay, now can I get your pick for the Super Bowl? Who you got? 
I got two weeks to think about it, man. Like, and this is a Penn State football broadcast, so I'm gonna guess like a, a large percentage are Eagles fans. I'm not <laughs> I was you'd say a Washington Eagles. fan, but like, okay. like I'm probably gonna have to pick the Eagles just to to keep everybody happy, which is it, which is fine. I I really enjoy watching the Eagles. I was so happy for Miles Sanders, uh, just that they finally you know just rode him and got him in the end zone a couple of times. Not that not that they haven't given him his chances this year, but as a Miles Sanders fantasy owner last year, like that was one of the most frustrating things to watch was <laughs> Jalen Hurts touchdown, Jalen Hurts sneak, all that kind of stuff. Um, but really cool for Miles Sanders to uh, to get back and uh, or to get to the Super Bowl because uh, you don't know how many times, uh, you know, especially for a running back with a shortened career, you know how many times that's going to happen. It's going to be a fun one. All right. Let's wrap it up, T. Frank. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the YouTube page. Please subscribe to BWI $29.99. Sean's coverage over the last couple weeks with some of the coaching changes and all that has been great. I think I kept you guys in the loop on who's uh, coming to these junior days. It's going to be a little quiet in February, but before you know it, we will be going through spring practice and official visits and seven-on-sevens and all types of good stuff. But for Ryan Snyder, Sean Fitz, we're going to wrap it up this week. We'll be back next Monday with another Penn State Blue White Illustrated recruiting podcast.